0: you're now listening to sound talent media. Check out more shows at soundtalentmedia.com.
1: You know, a lot of it had to do with just trying to be cautious, uh having kids, having families. Uh also, you know, we all have consistent jobs and just our schedules, but really it came down to um like not to get too personal, but my wife had I had COVID, my wife had COVID, and it it was very, very severe for uh, her. And you know, so just trying to be cautious and trying to be uh, courteous to everyone involved, you know, because it was something that was very important, and it, it hit our household pretty hard.
0: Hey, what's up, Vox & Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox & Hops Metal Podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media and Evergreen Podcasts, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. I hope you've been having a glorious month of January so far. What have you done with your 2022 so far? Have you done something cool? Have you made yourself a little better? Have you tackled a new obstacle? I'm excited to hear what you're up to. Send me a message. Let me know how you have been tackling 2022 two so far. This Vox and Hops episode is presented by Heavy Montreal. Heavy Montreal is Montreal's premier metal promoter. They put on a bunch of sick gigs all throughout the year and they also put on one of North America's best metal festivals and that's the absolute truth. Trust me when I say this, I've played fests all across the globe and Heavy Montreal are up there with the best of them. I am beyond stoked to have Heavy Montreal behind the Vox & Hops Metal Podcast. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I'd just like to ask you to follow the Vox & Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I'm also asking you for you to rate it on the podcast platform of your choice. You can do that on Apple Music, but you can also do that now on Spotify. It's a brand new feature that they've just added for podcasts. So if you do listen to the podcast on Spotify, take a moment and smash a rating. Now, why do I want you to do this? You have to imagine that when. Someone is looking for a new podcast to listen to, they go and they check out the reviews and the ratings. And if that podcast has a bunch of positive reviews and ratings, well they're most probably going to give that podcast a chance. So by you taking the time to write a review or to rate the podcast, you might actually be the person that helps sway someone's decision to become a future Vox and Hops head, and that would be something that I would truly appreciate. Now, today on the podcast, I am with Justin Coleman of Krigsgrove. Get ready, everyone. This is Vox and Hops episode number 320.
1: warn you what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed
0: hey what's up everyone today I'm with Justin Coleman of Kriegsgrove uh, Justin. How are you doing? It's absolutely great to be with you. How are you feeling today?
1: I'm awesome, man. Uh, thanks for having me. So it's uh, love the show. So it's an honor just to be here and to be talking to you.
0: Oh, that's so nice. Very, very nice of you to say. Uh, let's dance straight into uh, the darkness. That shitty question that basically every interviewer has been asking since we've been living in these uh, different times. Uh, how did you cope with the glorious year of 2020 that rolled into 2021 and uh, hopefully won't be around in 2022? but it might be there for a little bit. How did you cope uh, with your time during the pandemic?
1: Uh, you know, a lot of it was just spending time with my family. Uh, they were a huge, huge just help to have and just to have them around uh, to be, because I have two younger sons. So just to have them, you know, and to focus on them and uh, taking care of just them. And they took care of me and then to focus on the Kriegsgraf stuff Um and just getting the release out in August and, and ramping up to get that out. And, and of course, you know, working in between there. But it, it, it was really good to have those focuses in my life. Because if I didn't have those, I can't imagine. Like, I, I think it'd be very difficult. Uh,
0: but you are 100% right. I also have two young children. I have the podcast keeping me very busy. Cryptopsy is writing their new record. And uh, I really felt it for my friends that are basically road dogs that are on tour all of the time that don't have that safety blanket to come home to that basically hop from tour to tour, whether it be that they're on stage or they're teching or they're driving these road dogs. And, and I reached out to them and I kept in contact with a lot of them throughout the t- the pandemic to make sure that they were okay, because they didn't have that to keep them level. They didn't have their security blanket because their security blanket is the road.
1: Yeah, I can't imagine. I, I think, you know, if that's your, that's what you look forward to almost the entirety of the year, that's that's difficult, man. And I feel for him. Like I, I feel pretty fortunate that my life's built around, you know, I guess my day in and day out, like the bands, not the foundation of what I do, but I can't imagine. So that's, that's hard. We're lucky we
0: get the yin and the yang, you know, we get it all. We, we, we can look forward to being on tour and then we look forward to being at home and then it's back and forth.
1: <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. Absolutely. It's, it's a
0: wonderful thing to have, man. It has been a lot of home though. Yeah. <laughs> recently vox and hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends talking about their lives music and craft beer now now what beer do you have on your side that we're going to be sharing
1: virtually today so i have live oaks pills so it is live oaks. yes live oak out of the austin area um they do a lot of traditional styles just very very well uh, it was a hard task to decide between them and Southern Star because I love Southern Star's Buried Hatchet Stouts, one of my favorites, right? Uh, but went with this. It's just a good everyday drinker. You know, ABV is like four point seven, so it's just one of those solid pilsners. Can't go wrong. So
0: amazing! It's a perfect way to start a Saturday afternoon. Right? <laughs>
1: Absolutely, can't go wrong.
0: <laughs> On my side, I have something very cool. Uh, that I just released, uh, four of them actually, and I'm going to let you pick which one I'm going to drink with you today. So I teamed up with Montreal's most metal breweries. Uh, There is Le Fermental who are from L'Asomption, which is just 45 minutes, 40, 30 minutes outside of Montreal, and they are probably one of the most metal breweries releasing stuff in the province of Quebec. Um, They got uh, Reanimator, a member of Reanimators in it, a member of Anonymous is in it. I've known them for many, many years, so I teamed up with them and another very young, very metal brewery, which is actually—and I didn't think about this before—I actually sat down to have this conversation, but it makes perfect sense. Uh, they're heavily inspired. Their tap room is heavily inspired by True Brewing, which is obviously your brother Zach's brewery in, in Colorado. So, uh, Le Fumateur. Mutoid is the name of the very metal tap room that's in Montreal right now. They just opened a year ago. They're killing it. They're so damn cool. Uh, And they have not released anything because it's only a tap house. You have to go there. You can walk away with growlers, but they haven't canned anything. They haven't bottled anything. So this is actually their first release beer. And I was very excited to team up with them to create a beer to uh, pay homage to the Quebec metal scene because I... As you well are aware, and I am very well aware, the Quebec metal scene is very vibrant and has been since the 80s with bands such as uh, Voivod, of course, and many other bands. So I wanted to create a beer, a series of beers to honor the Quebec metal scene. And I wanted to do four of them for the four decades of metal that has come out so far. So we created a very cool collab called Ale of the Fathers. And uh, I went with a very wacky old ale. So it's an old ale, which is not a sexy beer, but it's a very cool classic beer, and it's a beer style that I really enjoy. Uh, so it's an old ale, Ale the Fathers. The artwork was designed by uh, Philip Ivanovic a Vox & Hops Alumni. I love him very much. So we did four versions of this beer. So they're all old ales, but they're all a little bit different. So the first one is uh, just the classic old ale, and they all clock in at 6.5% ABV. And then we got the the dry hopped one with Fuggle Hops, And then there's the Cabernet Sauvignon Aged Ale of the Fathers. And then we got the Monster Bourbon Aged Ale of the Fathers. So they're all 6.5% ABV. Uh, I'll let you choose which one uh, I should drink today. We got the QR code there on the side. I got my friend uh, Jerry Monk, the metal architect, to curate the Ultimate Quebec Metal playlist uh, from the 80s up to today. It is continually evolving. Uh, if you you think that we've missed an artist, please let me know, because we will drop it right into the playlist exactly at the right spot, because it runs chronologically from the 80s to today. And any new CDs that come out, the metal architect is going to keep updating that. So what should I check We got the classic, we got the dry hop, we got the red wine, and we got the bourbon age.
1: You know, I'm a big whiskey fan too, so I'm going to have to say bourbon age. Um, Hell yes. Now let's see, now it's
0: <laughs> now, now the ultimate test. If you see, the, you know, the wax on the top, oh, yeah. let's see if I can get through this quickly and efficiently. I believe I can. Uh, let's see what I got there, Justin. Here we go. What? <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, it's got the pull tab. Yeah, man. Sometimes you got to get the lighter out and just kind (laughs) of melt it. Nice. Here it is. Woo!
0: That bourbon on the nose is just amazing. Uh, Cheers to you, and uh, very happy to be hanging out. Cheers. Absolutely. It's got that gorgeous, like, caramel-colored body. Smell of caramel on the nose. Like, maltiness, bourbon, bite. Ooh, it's amazing! Love it. So damn good. Looks beautiful. So so damn good. It's gorgeous. It's uh, what's really cool about their beers is uh, they actually referment in the bottle. Le fermenter. It's the way that they have their uh, their fermenters set up. Uh, they don't. They're not set up to ferment in the fermenters they fer- referment in the bottles and they have just transitioned to cans and they have mastered refermenting in cans which is a whole new crazy thing that i don't know enough about to actually dig into
1: are, are you going to sell her some of those for a later time
0: i probably will sell her a few but i've been using a bunch for content and i tend to drink everything and my cellar uh, <laughs> depletes itself very quickly yeah <laughs> especially late at night
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd love to hear about your very first beer. Oof. Well, my very first beer was probably when I was, uh, like, four. <laughs> and it was on accident because my dad would drink, like, you know, Budweiser's and stuff. And just, like, he'd set them down, and as a kid, and he would tell me the story, I would walk up, and I would grab it and take a sip. So it, <laughs> that was the first beer, and I thought it was disgusting, but it's just something I did as a kid. Every time he sat it down, I was like, I wanted to drink that. I didn't know why, oh, really? but yeah... <laughs> Now, if we get to the first beer as a young person, it was probably Bud Light, uh, and, and I can't say I had a, a love for it. it. It took a little while um, to find my footing in beer, but it was definitely Bud Light, and I, and I didn't get why people loved beer, <laughs> you know, because I was probably 15, 16, something like that, and it just, uh, that, it, it didn't do the trick for me.
0: <laughs> Did you ever get into craft beer? I feel like you had to. yes with with your brother's relationship i know that he homebrewed a bunch when he was in texas before he moved out to denver
1: we really so that was kind of an adventure we took together because we shared a lot of ideas Mm -hmm. uh back and forth you know talking about new beers we'd find so the first and it's not even a craft beer but the first kind of adventure we started taking was like sierra nevada's pale ale new belgian breweries you know fat Tire, because this was in the early 2000s when craft brews weren't just available as readily and those were kind of the the outliers so finding those was the steps towards like okay you know we could get those and then asking the beer buyers there, like hey you know what else can you get uh and really just trying every single thing that we could because at the time like again sierra nevada like great divide brewery if you could find a yeti that was a pretty big deal uh, and, and, and now they're not too hard to find, but then, so that was really, we would, uh, find new beers and talk to, you know, it, just like with music, we would share it together and, and talk about it. So I think we had a love of music because him and I both played in the same band together for years too. Um, so, you know, we, we, we were, you know, close, we would share music and beer and stuff like that. So I, I think we had that adventure together for a while. I mean, at
0: what point did he diverge more into it? Versus what you did.
1: Well, I kept drinking, and he just started making. <laughs> um, y- you know, it was just something like he he had a real passion for, as far as like he wanted to try it, and uh, he would just make different recipes and be like, "Hey, man, you know, what do you think?" And, and over the years, he got a lot better at it because you know, at first, it was definitely some were better than others. um <laughs> But I was more than happy to try what he was doing, and obviously, he's progressed to a level where. You know he's you know leading what I think he's doing you know he's awesome at it obviously and people recognize that and that's that's fucking cool (laughs) he I remember
0: him mentioning when I had him on the podcast the first time he mentioned that his first big success of of a beer a homebrew that was a great beer was a stout do you remember that stout
1: Uh, you know I don't unfortunately because it's been he's been brewing now for such a long time I I I'm forty and he is my younger brother, so he's like four years younger. So, you know, he's probably been doing it for almost twenty years, it seems like. Uh maybe fifteen years. Yeah. So I remember a porter he did back early on. That was excellent. And I was like, This whatever you did here, like this is fantastic. Keep, you know, doing this and um we we talk about that often. He was in town not that long ago and it's just, you know, I like to ask him where he's he's going with the true recipes and stuff and uh, just in general, you know, we talk about like beers that he's into or, you know, things that I found, obviously he's immersed in the world, so he knows a lot more, but it's, it's funny. Cause we always kind of come back to the tried and true. Like you can never go wrong with just a solid, again, like he loves live Oak. Uh, he was down doing a, a collab brewing with them recently. And it's just like, they just make solid recipes. Like their pills is a solid pills. You can't go wrong with stuff like that.
0: Absolutely. Do you miss being his Guinea pig?
1: Um, Yeah, I I especially (laughs) I think now he's really mastered it at the time. There was some nail polish era uh, beers Um, and and I would still drink those. But uh, no, it it was fun, man. Like, uh, again, we grew up close. We played music together. So it was always a great time. Awesome. I love it. Uh,
0: Deeper into exactly that. The soundtrack of your youth when you were growing up in your parents or guardians house. What music was playing when you were not in control of the radio? What music did your parents or guardians listen to?
1: Uh, so from a kid, like early, early on, like when I, when I was very small, again, like four years old, uh, my dad always had what I would consider a pretty cool musical taste. Um, and he had a vinyl player. That's all we had. He had a vinyl player, uh, cause this was back in like 1986. So, and, and it was a lot of Southern rock. So a lot of Leonard Skinner, like pronounced Leonard Skinner, uh, second helping, you know, street survivors. And I remember I would sit down as a kid and I'd like I'd look at, like, the cover of Street Survivors, and Steve Gaines' face is like, it looks like it's on fire, and it would freak me out. But I loved it so much. I just loved the, you know, the guitar attack, and um, he would play Molly Hatchet Records, and I was just... The the covers, the Frank Frazetta artwork just drew me in, and I would stare at it, and then I'd stare at the back of these scary-looking dudes just, like, scowling at you. (laughs) And and another one, and this is... uh, So, Brian Adams was a, the reckless record yeah. yes yeah there you go the <laughs> the reckless record was my a, dad huge in our household so
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah so that was amazing yeah for sure for sure and i kind of go back to it now and i'm like you know it still kind of holds up the songs are you know they're they're <laughs> no,
0: fantastic songwriting i gotta i don't know if i mentioned this i might have said this story on the podcast i have a brian adams story And if I have some on the podcast, I apologize to people that are hearing twice, but it's worth hearing twice. And if you're on tour with Cryptopsy, you'll hear it at least once if someone brings up Brian Adams. We were on tour uh, in the United States. I can't remember what tour it was. I think it was Devastation on the Nation, Cryptopsy headlining. We pull up at a gas station and uh, we needed new windshield wipers or something and our bus driver knew another bus driver that was in the area they teamed up together to meet at this specific gas station so we pull in at this gas station we were all just about to go to bed it was like 1 one thirty in the morning after playing a gig we had you know drank our beers we were ready for bed and they're like the guy other bus driver comes on the bus hey guys how's it going he's like i just dropped off my artist. Do you want to come and raid the bus? Because I'm going to throw everything out. And we're like, yeah, let's do that. So we all get off our bus, which was made probably in 2001 or something, (laughs) and step onto a a, a yacht on wheels, brand new uh, Prevost um, (laughs) tour bus. It was immaculate. Climb onto this bus. There's flat screen TVs everywhere. There's like organic food. All going to go in the garbage, a bunch of craft beer. We take it all, bring it back onto the bus, and then we hear that it was Brian Adams' tour bus. And we were like, holy shit, Brian Adams. So we spent, we stayed up till four or five in the morning eating his food, drinking his beers, singing, (laughs) all of us, of course, you know, (laughs) Brian Adams songs the whole night. It just, It was a crazy, epic party night. And then we wake up the next morning, and we were like talking to the bus driver. We're like, that was so cool last night. That's so cool. With Brian Adams. He's like, Brian Adams? He's like, that wasn't Brian Adams' tour bus. It was Ryan Adams' tour bus. Oh. (laughs) So we spent the whole night singing the wrong dude's songs. Because I I couldn't even name you a Ryan Adams song, but I definitely know a bunch of Brian Adams songs. That's my Brian Adams song. You
1: you know what, though? (laughs) There's never a wrong time to celebrate Brian Adams, so... It, it 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 works out really well. It cuts like cuts like a knife. You know, you can never go wrong. Hell yeah!
0: <laughs> I want to hear about your first shows. The first time you went to go see live music. First time that you saw a band perform.
1: Okay, so first concert I ever went to will be etched in my memory forever because it was Metallica, and I was such a Metallica. Really? Pre- but- yeah, I, I got pretty lucky. I think I, w- I was fifteen. And we saw the show in Fort Worth that was filmed for the DVD, um, that, oh, yeah. that, that show that they did there, The Cunning Stunts or whatever, uh, that show. And I didn't know it was going to be filmed, but yeah, yeah. I went and I mean, I was such a huge fan. And then to see like my favorite band, In the Flesh, which they had Corrosion of Conformity open and I was a huge fan. The, so cool. Oh, yeah. So having them open was amazing in and of itself, you know, because Deliverance, oh, it's so good. Anyway. But they do their show and then they have all the the shit that breaks and explodes and the the roadie gets like thrown into the air. And I was like, what is this? This is fucking insane. (laughs) Like, you know, I I didn't know what to think about it, but it blew my mind. I already knew that I had to have that be a part of my life before then. But like that was it it solidified. Like I couldn't stop talking about it uh, for weeks for weeks it was just it was a an out-of-body experience almost it was as but as close to his spirituality as i think for myself you could get because uh i mean it just it blew my mind it was incredible did you get the dvd or the the
0: vhs afterwards
1: you know i didn't get either uh i had the box set for the binge and purge stuff and that was like 200 hours of metallica footage so i felt pretty it, it was a lot yeah. <laughs> so i felt pretty pretty good with that but uh no i never actually got it ironically enough but <laughs> maybe you're there yeah i, never I know you see a little oh, a little justin there. yeah oh yeah my, my cousin <laughs> took me because my dad's like you know this does not really I, I don't know why i didn't want to go but he didn't so i had my cousin take me and it was it was amazing Brother must have been jealous, or was he there with you? No, you, you know, and it, at the time it wouldn't have made sense because he would have been eleven. So it exactly, yeah, yeah. He he was almost there, but he wasn't there yet. But I, I would return the favor to him because I would take him years later to see Testament on the Gathering tour, and he was I, I drove because he couldn't drive yet, if I remember correctly, and that was pretty fucking amazing. So awesome, amazing.
0: How about your first time on stage? Do you remember your first show?
1: I do. Unfortunately. Um, <laughs> It was in my high school band, and I don't know how the gig was set up because it was super weird, but there was a music store in the area called Mars. Um, uh, This is back in 98, I think, and they had, so it was kind of like a guitar center, but they had a stage. um, In the the music store? Yeah, in the music store. They had a stage, and it was... That's not not a stupid idea. No, it's not a bad idea, but now thinking about it, it's kind of weird, but it, it it was cool at the time, and they had like a drum set set up, and... So the singer's dad, I think, knew someone that worked there. And he was like, hey, can they come up and play on like a week and just a couple songs? Because we were writing an album uh, and and they agreed. I don't know why, uh, but they agreed. And so that was my first time on stage. And we played to 15 people, 20 people. And it was mainly, well, you had the people shopping. So it was them and then our family members. (laughs) So like our moms and dads and like aunts and uncles (laughs) And and, and, you know, it's super weird because it's your first show and then you're trying to get into it and and you're looking at just a bunch of parents or authority figures and you're like, (laughs) this isn't really giving me the vibe I want, but it is what it is. So it was super weird.
0: (laughs) Were, Were you guys ready?
1: You know, we were ready as far as like being able to play the songs proficiently and get through our set, but... We didn't get back that, like, you know, when you play a show of just rowdy motherfuckers that are giving it back to you, and you're like, yes, yeah. and you feed off yeah. it. it. It was just like, all right, so uh, lunch. It's uh, over. Yeah, now. We're, that, <laughs> that was fun, so let's get back to reality. <laughs> but it, it, it was cool. It was still cool.
0: It reminds me of uh, when I was in Three Mile Scream. We played a hard rock cafe, which no longer exists here in Montreal on Crescent Street. And uh, people were eating dinner. Well, <laughs> my, my metalcore band performed on the stage. It was just ridiculous. Just That's ridiculous. awesome. Do you remember your first gig when someone, you did get that feedback from the crowd? Your first gig where there was a proper crowd and that energy was going back and forth.
1: Yeah, for sure. That's uh, when I, so I said I had a band with my brother. Uh, we played in a black metal band uh, called Dagon. And I remember we played, we played a lot of shows, but the first time I really, really felt that we played this small club in Fort Worth. Uh, and I'd be lying if I say, I remember the name now. I don't. And I wish I did. Uh, but I think we had just, it was like our EP release or something like that. And I mean, this place, it was a small room, but it was full. So that just felt really, really cool. Cause it was like, oh shit, there are people here, you know, and they're here to mm-hmm. see us. And just in between songs, people were screaming and you know upfront headbanging and it was just like okay they get this or at least if they don't they're intoxicated enough to act like they do like this is <laughs> fucking cool you know so it, it was uh, it felt very gratifying uh, to to have that back you know for the really the first time I feel it and go okay the music's being reciprocated by the people listening to it in front of us is it awesome
0: it's the best feeling in the world and it's what i've been missing the most throughout the pandemic is that that connection outside of my house on a computer screen but
1: well yeah it it, it feeds into something primal and i think it gives back Uh to you as a creator because you you can make it you know and record it but when you feel that back that primal energy coming back at you it it definitely does kind of give you something back for what you create
0: perfect segue into the sundering um you just released this record back in august uh but i've seen that you're already working on new material yes (laughs) but yet you haven't had a chance to showcase the sundering and i was going to ask this question do you feel like you're cheating on the sundering (laughs) by already doing new material when you haven't actually had that exposure and reciprocal energy share yet
1: kind of and and yes uh, to answer it quickly yes Mm -hmm. uh and it boils down to a lot of factors which kind of suck but it's like getting set up to play live again and getting you know everyone on the same sheet of music which we're kind of we're kind of doing now, but we want to make sure the timing's right and everything's set to go. Uh, but also, it's like I can't stop and the guys can't stop like writing, and we write a lot and we write all the time. That's a good fucking problem to have. Yeah, yeah. We we just sit on riffs, and again, when we wrote the Sundering, we probably trashed I, four or five songs. Wow. And numerous ideas It's just like this. You know, it, it didn't meet the criteria for what we wanted for the album. Uh, So we're just we're always writing. And it does kind of suck because we need to get out there and we will get out there to showcase the songs from the Sundering, uh, I believe, pretty soon. Once the holidays are kind of done and we're getting into the new year, uh, I think everything will come together and we'll start airing those songs live. But we're still going to just we continually write. And, you know, might as well kind of put that energy back out there and let people know that we are writing new material. So it, it does feel bad because it needs to get aired, but can't stop it.
0: It's, it's an awesome problem to have. Um, trust me, I, could, I wish Cryptopsy was in those seats where we typically just release the album and then work it. And short of the pandemic, luckily we were already in a writing stage. And we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows... You should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxenhops.com slash summer, and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxenhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. You didn't get to have a proper release for this. If you could, if you could set up a perfect release tour. To put you in front of the perfect audience, what bands would be on that bill to get more exposure for your band?
1: To get more exposure. Well, you know, that's kind of a cop-out because you could go like a... a, It's like you can go Metallica (laughs) or Slipknot and they're going to have just a huge draw. People
0: that are going to walk out of there going, oh shit, that's my new favorite band because it's curated so properly.
1: So based upon our sound, I'd have to say something like Insomnium rotting christ um you know catatonia maybe i know those are kind of all over the place but i feel like we draw and, and this is just my opinion so take it for what it is but that's where i draw a lot of influence from or bands like that kind of moody um uh, you know dark kind of black metal death metal a little doom uh so i'd probably say something like that where you take like maybe even borknagar like oh yeah you know, stuff like that that's a little different, a little eclectic, but it would make a really cool show. So I'd probably say Borknagar, Rotting Christ, Catatonia. That would be sick.
0: Sounds a lot like uh, Devastation on the Nation, which is coming up, except for Insomnium. there. Yeah,
1: yeah, it, it is. I kind of ripped on that tour, except just, you know, toss them in. And you, you kind of had a band like that on the tour anyway, so... <laughs>
0: We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) shitty question. Um, you guys are from Texas. It's probably the most liberal state, so you could have performed the whole time. Why didn't you?
1: You know, a lot of it had to do with just trying to be cautious, uh, having kids, having families. Uh, also, you know, we all have consistent jobs and just our schedules, but really it came down to, um, like, not to get too personal, but my wife had—I had COVID. My wife had COVID, and it—it oh, okay. it was very, very severe for uh, her. And you know, so just trying to be cautious and trying to be uh, courteous to everyone involved, you know, because it was something that was very important, and it, it hit our household pretty hard. Um, So it was really not trying to play with fire, and just waiting till things got better. And and that's what it kind of boils down to—is just when it seems a little bit more clear um, you know, just playing the field like that, honestly.
0: It's the best thing to do. And, uh, I think you did the right thing. And if anyone listening doesn't agree with me, that's okay. Cause we're allowed to do whatever we want to do in this life. And we're allowed to still be friends if, if we disagree, right? That,
1: that's how it goes, man. <laughs> You're supposed to have friends that have differing opinions. It's okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, second annoying question. Um, uh, you grew up playing in a band with your brother and uh he moved away and he's in one of the most popular metal bands right now how does that feel Is there ever a moment that you have a a tinge of jealousy or is it always just i'm just so proud of him you know he was just voted number two best new album by decibel his album just came out recently so this one how how does that feel
1: (laughs) this one got number two the other ones have scored higher so there is that okay <laughs> so you know you, you know he was down like i said not too long ago like a couple weeks ago a month ago and we talk about this because he also has another project with max cavalera go ahead and die yes he does and you know like like when he called me he's like hey man i'm gonna be in band with max cavalera and i'm just like fuck you like no you're not he's like no, no like i mean Sepultura is huge to to me to him like oh my god so it was like that that's about as high other than again James Hetfield being like hey bro you want to make some music together that's about as big yeah. as it gets or Tom Mariah calling you to tell you happy birthday or something yeah. you know like i don't know <laughs> but i'm always proud of him and we talk about we talk about achievements and uh, you know it's just ever since we were kids and playing music together it's like he gets to have like with his footprint in his bands that indelible mark on the metal scene That we always read about, we dreamed about, that so many bands strive for to create that footprint on a a larger scale. And I think that's, it's pretty fucking cool, man. Like, I'm super proud of him and what he's been able to achieve with that. And you can't be anything but just amazed at the fact of how far he's taken the music. Because, you know, we've been there together at the beginning. He moves and he gets to progress on. And it's nothing but love and support and getting to see where he gets to go. And vicariously, because I... Honestly, I don't want to tour like he tours. I don't want to live a band lifestyle like he does. So it's kind of cool just to vicariously hear his stories like, you know, hey, you know, we we, we got to talk to so-and-so or we played Psycho Vegas and, you know, we bumped into these people. I'm just like, oh, yeah, fucking tell me, man. That's awesome. Like, uh, because honestly, like, I don't really want to live that life, but he gets to do it and I get to talk to him about it and he gets to do these cool experiences. And I just I think it's wonderful. In uh, it, you can't think it's not, you know. Like again, he got to be on your show twice, and I listened to this show, so I was like, "That's fucking cool." There's just little things like that. That's it's it's an amazing thing.
0: So damn cool. I, I love brotherly love. I love maturity like that to support each other. You should definitely. It's like one of these things where where chemist and Kigs grub that sort of fit together, but don't fit together. So it's not like you guys could ever tour together. But if you could tour together. Wouldn't that be sick?
1: That, that would be that we would, it would end up us hanging out and drinking beer and probably playing board games uh, most of the time at night. Cause we're super wild and crazy like that. So, or just like listening. What, what, what's what's the, what's the board game? Uh, I don't know, man. It, you could get like ticket to ride or, you know, there's, we, you could get like one of those escape rooms or something like that. Um, I have this slasher board game called last Friday that's um, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So you, it's like a obviously a riff on Friday the 13th and you try not to die. So yeah. something like that, you know, no so much love horror movies. So probably watch some corny horror movies and play some board games like that. Be awesome.
0: Let's you know, all you need is a weird band that makes both your bands make sense together. Mm-hmm. You need the bridge band. That's 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 really what needs to happen.
1: <laughs> you, you know, I, I think that bridge band should be Iron Maiden. Dude, there you go. Why not? Come Why on. not? Yeah, no big deal. Come on come on
0: come on bruce i know you're listening come on bruce he likes beer yeah exactly see it fits it fits i am very lucky that i get to do what i'm doing right now right before i sit down in this chair i am always concerned am i prepared enough uh did i do enough research am i ready um this is how i've been filling the void of performing on stage how
1: have you been filling the void of being on stage Honestly, this isn't a super hard one to answer because we don't play live that often. So it's uh, just we're in constant contact with each other and writing new music. I think that's what it is, is sharing ideas constantly. And we talk to each other like daily. We have a group thread where we're constantly like, hey, man, check out this record or hey, I got this riff and send it or just like, hey, this is a funny thing I saw. So I think the ability to and we're very open with communication. So we talk about we know where we stand playing live, so we know it's coming. And so it's not like there's this weird block in conversation where we don't know where we're headed as far as our goals as a band. Um, so we're really, uh, filling the void with the guys, it's just talking and sharing ideas and still just openly communicating pretty much every day, multiple times a day, because um, we're friends like that. You know, we just we enjoy each other's company. So even if it's something stupid, you know, we'll you, we'll get a group text and just that'll that'll fire it up for the day. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which is why you guys write so much because you're, you're constantly in contact and you're constantly in that creative mindset. Yeah.
1: hundred percent. Like I'll hear a new riff from like a new record or a song, you know, and I'm like, Oh, I got to write something like that and I'll record it on my phone and send it to the guys and just shit like that. And it opens a dialogue immediately. And then Cody will be amazing like he always is. Or, <laughs> you know, so we're, we're always, I think that fills the void of playing live cause we're just communicating all the time.
0: That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I, I, I'm jealous. I like that. I like that very much. Do you, have you, and I apologize if you have, a, a Kigsgrav beer? Have you done a beer collab yet?
1: We have not. We would love to. Uh, okay, now now, it's the next question. Why the hell hasn't your brother made you a beer? You know, <laughs> I try not to overstep my bounds with what he's doing and what I'm doing. Because I don't want to be like, hey man, like, if he wants to approach me and do it, I am, I'm open to it. But I know he's also very busy. And he already kind of has things lined out for the year. so.
0: Absolutely. No, I I understand that
1: part of it. Yeah. So I I wouldn't want to. So if you
0: could, if you could, if you could do a collab with someone, doesn't have to be your brother, uh, what style of beer would it be? What would you call it? And um, yeah.
1: I would have to say it would probably be Southern Star Brewery in Conroe, um, just because I love their beers already. And And my brother's an easy one. So I want somewhere that's. It's not too far from here. Uh, the owner, Dave, is a metal maniac. He's super cool. Uh, he did a collab with uh, Nigera Bunjit not too long ago. So it, every now and again, like I sent him the new Kriegsgrove record. So, you know, he's, he's into our music and what we do. So I think it'd be cool to have them involved because he already likes the band. He knows the band. Uh, he loves metal, so he understands the aesthetic. And I believe the style, just because this is my personal favorite, would be a Russian Imperial Stout. Uh, that is hands down. Like I, you can't drink a lot of them, but it is my favorite style. Um, it's a little wordy, but it's a, it's a song title from our album, Lux Copta Est in the winter white. So like something riffed around that, you know, um, you could do a white, a white Russian imperial. Ooh, that's good. (laughs) And it's different. See, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that would be white Russian. That. But then you have to tie it into like Big Lebowski somehow or something, you know? Like you have to have one of the oh yeah, it's true, yeah, <laughs> one of the nihilist guys on the can or something. I don't. Well, that yeah. that, that that takes away from the band. So, <laughs>
0: whoever is listening that wants to make this, hit me up, and I'll make sure Justin gets the message. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or email Dave
1: at Southern Star, and just politely encourage him. <laughs>
0: I love it one last question probably doesn't happen to you very often but every once in a while it happens to everyone you got two young children uh you're busy you work out you're you're in shape um but every once in a while it happens to everyone what is your hangover cure
1: hmm. man it's got to be so it's a lot of water obviously that's like first thing first thing down the hatch when you wake up with that dry mouth and that headache's You got to, you got to pound like a a large cup full of water and then some type of big breakfast, um, hash browns, you know, some type of scramble, um, the scrambles up to you, the ingredients you want to add. So for example, I eat mainly vegan. So it'd be like some like just egg with some, you know, kale in there and a lot of toast. Um, to absorb it. Absorb it. Yeah, maybe some oatmeal in there, too. Just all those things together. It's, breakfast is probably maybe some pancakes. Can't go wrong with pancakes. Um, so, yeah, I, I, big breakfast. That's that's the way you got to go. And then from there, the rest of the day, <laughs> hopefully it goes well. But uh, that's how it's got to start.
0: You got to sneak a nap in. Yeah. If you can sneak a nap, it's amazing. But the kids don't let us do that. No,
1: that's uh, that's never going to happen again.
0: <laughs> never. <laughs> Naps are done. That was the best. That was the best when they were young, young. And I'd be like, I just got to get to nap. If I can get to nap. Oh, man. Then I'm okay.
1: Yeah. As soon as they lay down, you're like, all right, let's do this
0: not 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 now man i got a i got a 12 year old no. and a
1: seven year old there is no nap and oh shit okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> amazing justin thank you so so much for taking the time hanging out with me talking about your life music and craft beer it was a true true pleasure everyone go check out that new kigs the sundering came out via wise blood records on august 6th it's amazing justin i really had a good time i hope you did too cheers matt thank you Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. Man, that I ever have a blast connecting with Justin. Uh, as soon as we finished this episode, I wrote him a message and I was like, I'm so sorry that we spoke about your brother so much. This episode was supposed to be about you, but he was cool and he did not mind. Uh, I'm just so enamored with True Brewing and Chemist and Zach's a two-time alumni. And I'm just very stoked and happy that Justin is now also a part of the alumni. Massive shout out to Justin. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to hang out with me and to be cool. And I'm very excited to see what Krigsgrove has coming up in 2022. If you have not checked them out, you absolutely should. Now, if you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast mailing list. You can do that on my website, voxandhops.com. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S dot com. And when you do that, you shall receive one email a week containing all of the details of everything that has happened throughout the past week in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. Including all the details for any episodes which I dropped throughout that past week. If I've been a guest on someone else's podcast, as well as any pertinent information for any cool projects I have in the works before I announce them to the public. And you will get the links to the Brutal Awakenings playlist, which is curated by my man, Jerry Monk, the metal architect himself. Now, the Brutal Awakenings playlist is packed with the freshest, the newest, the most cool, the heaviest, the most extreme new music. Every Friday, Jerry adds new albums to this playlist. It's a massive, massive playlist. And if you're looking for something new to listen to, well, the Brutal Awakenings playlist is for you. It's available on both Apple Music and Spotify, and it's absolutely killer. There's just so much going on in the world of the Vox and Hops Middle Podcast, I would hate for you to miss a single thing, so please sign up to the mailing list. I hope you're all stoked and ready for next week, because it is the beginning of Vox and Hops, sober February 2022. I have a bunch of episodes with a bunch of amazing humans talking about their journey, about sobriety, About balance, about being straight edge. There's just a bunch of amazing episodes coming up, and I can't wait to share them all with you. The Vox and Hops Metal Podcast is brought to you by Sound, Talent Media, and Evergreen Podcasts. I hope you have a glorious rest of the week. I will be back next week on February 1st with the very first Sober February episode of 2022. But until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads.